find their illogic and foolish emotions constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! Belong in the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless. Heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit. Ah! Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. And Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. All right, we are here with a special episode of Two True Freaks, and um, we have a, a special guest on this show, uh, somebody who's been on the forums a lot and has sort of, I consider him the, the fourth member of uh, the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, since it, it was sort of uh, it was sort of a thread about this movie that we're going to be talking about that sort of started that whole interest in doing a horror movie show. And uh, so without further ado, we have Joe. It's about goddamn time he's on our podcast, Anthrax. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll consider myself the uh, the Pete Best of the uh, Vault of Stalking. No, Tales no, 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 no. You're not the Pete Best. You're the Billy Preston. Oh, Pete Best oh, got well, kicked out of go. the band at the very beginning. He was like the, he was the original drummer that they booted for for the the you know the hot young thing. No, you're yeah. you're you're like Billy Preston. You're you're an official official member. Never never kicked out. You know. Oh, so. Oh, cool. Well, thank you. Or there's um, what's his name? Well, no, I don't want to. I don't. I wouldn't want to make you Stu Sutcliffe either because he died of a brain <laughs> aneurysm uh, yeah. suddenly. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's, that's <laughs> but um, yes, we are going to be discussing the movie Let Me In and also the movie Let the Right One In, which uh, Let Me In was was based upon. Um, I guess you could say. I mean, they were they're both it originally comes from a book. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, anybody who's seen the original movie and then has seen this movie can tell that it's not another adaptation, a different adaptation of the book. It's, it's a direct adaptation of, uh, of the movie and, and a little history of the making of this podcast since the movie came out last year, you know, a while ago, um, you and I have been talking, you know, from the very beginning, um, from talking about let the right one in. Um, immediately after, you know, it was available for American audiences to see, it was made, you know, it was it was made public that there was a remake being made of of this movie for American audiences in English, and I just went nuts. I posted a long rant on, you know, 
on one of the it wasn't on the two true freaks forums it was on somebody else Forums. Yeah, I, th- I think it might have been in the movies forum of uh, Forum for Geeks. For she might have posted something in there forum for when they uh, brought up the idea that the Let, Let Me In was going to be made. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just started ranting and raving and bitching and moaning, and and that's when that's when you joined in as yeah. as a fellow fan of that movie. And that that was a movie I sort of I found out about it through the the um, awesome. It's an it used to be a magazine. Now it's a, a website called Film Threat. Oh yeah, and um, so it's filmthreat.com. I think I'm familiar with that. It, it was it was a great magazine. The writing quality of of a lot of the staff writers is way down these days. It's changed ownerships from its original owner several times. But the thing is, they're on the festival circuit and they're on the foreign movie circuit, and they find these movies and will tell you about them. You know. Um, you know, f- through Film Threat, that's how I saw 28 Days Later, you know, eight months before it ever showed on an American movie screen. And the, the same with Let the Right One In. I, I had heard about it on Film Threat and downloaded a torrent of it and, and watched it. And then two weeks after I watched it, it was playing at an art house theater here, which I got the opportunity twice to see it on a big screen, which was just awesome. So, you know, this was one of my favorite movies, period. Of all time, you know, uh, when I saw it, I was so floored by it that I j- and it came out around the same time as fucking Twilight. So I exactly. said, I did a podcast sort of championing this over Twilight and comparing and contrasting, you know, the suckiness of Twilight. I actually, after watching this movie, I went and saw Twilight just so I could compare the two, and mm-hmm. that was quite fun. Yeah, my joy turned to horror as uh, the remake was announced. Yeah, that that's kind of the same way I felt you know I I kind of came across it uh, through another site uh, film junk they they had reviewed it Mm -hmm. uh, when it came out and they said glowing things about it that you know uh, you know they really really enjoyed it and I didn't you know here in Oklahoma you know art house theaters are hard to come by Mm -hmm. so I had to basically wait until they released it on uh, DVD and I I picked it up there and uh, I was just blown away by it it's a quiet subtle little movie and although they you know promoted as sort of a vampire movie the whole idea of uh in the uh, the character of ely in the movie being a vampire is kind of secondary to the fact that it's actually just a story of two kids who are kind of outcasts misfits that find love and you know you know kind of bond and uh, in that way, it's it's a more real and a more compelling love story than the fakey love story that Twilight was. Right, right. Which was this weird Mormon fever dream sort of, yes. you know, half half. You know, it wasn't even a wet dream. It was like a frustrating wet dream <laughs> type of thing yes. that some Mormon lady had. You know, in the in the so i mean it's interesting in that respect but as as a vampire movie yeah it was and there and they were two actually you're right that the the two of those movies are like sort of non-vampire vampire movies they don't well, you know um twilight plays more on the you know on the aspects of like what you know what vampires can and can't do they don't really dwell on that as much in let me in or let the right one in it's sort of 
you know it's just sort of presented as you know whatever it is you know you you you, <laughs> you get a few rules like she can't enter a room without without asking permission which is a classic vampire rule but it's handled a little differently but those are just sort of those are just yeah those are just sort of dangled on as decoration yeah and i was i was just dreading and dreading and dreading this movie and um yeah and and then they announced that it was matt reeves who was going to direct it cloverfield of cloverfield and you know i thought cloverfield was an entertaining movie for what it was it has you know like a few years from now i could watch it again and enjoy it again but it doesn't have it doesn't give you anything to think of there's no. You know, uh, any kind of it has sort of a pretext of of subtext to it because there's, you know, the you know in 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 years future they'll be saying, well, this was another post nine eleven, you know, New York City getting yeah. getting wrecked movie, but you know that's just it's so that's so obvious, you know, that they're playing on that that there's no real you know it's not an undercurrent of it, and. uh and that's that's a, an alarming trend in movies these days is they just sort of pretend to have they 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 put on a show of having something more to them and yeah, they, they want they want to try to to say that they have some sort of uh deeper meaning right. some sort of you know uh some sort of importance when basically they're just a fluff film about a giant monster that's you know ravaging New York City and some you know right. hipster douchebags you know filming their antics right and they and and it's and it's almost like it's almost like uh it's almost like a cover your ass type of thing where you you know throw some obvious subtext in there so that you could like defend yourself in court if anybody ever you know claims that your movie's empty and you know this is all i'm 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 really getting my my bile up because i'm preparing to do a, a media masochist show about um, fucking sucker punch! Oh, I hate. Oh yeah, awful, awful, awful. I, but that I, know, I, I look forward to that. The the oh, uh, trust me, I am pissed. <laughs> I've got three pages of notes on the first forty nine minutes of it right now. I have oh, to wow. rewatch the re- the other half of it. God, but um, yeah, it's it's this it's this tra- and and when I heard he was the director, I was like, you know. Cloverfield was an acceptable movie for what it was, but it didn't have what it this movie would need for you know, I would want to hear if I heard say um oh what is the director of Seven? Uh Fincher. Fincher. David Fincher, David Fincher was doing it, I might be intrigued, you know. He's he's you know uh, but I don't think David Fincher would would actually do and 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 I gotta say, uh, and I was just watching it again, and I and just um, yesterday I was I sort of flipped through it, and today I sort of gave it a little more um, detailed reviewing. And if the uh, you know for for what it is for it is a definitely a quantum leap in filmmaking skill from Cloverfield. I'll I'll agree with that. Um, you know this this movie does have good you know it has it has a lot of the um elements that the the original movie had which make it more complicated i mean the critics love this when it came out it was yeah. you know just warmly received and i was determined that's why it took so long to do this i was determined that i would not pay to see this movie not on dvd not at a movie theater 
so I was waiting for a, a download, and this movie kind of tanked so much that I don't think there was really um, much of a demand for a bootleg of it. There was a, a bootleg at one point, and I downloaded it, and it was so crappy that I was like, it wouldn't be fair for me to watch this and judge this movie by, yeah. you know, this guy with some sort of little tiny helmet cam or some, <laughs> some weird shit, you know. <laughs> um, so finally, you know, I've just recently got to see it, and it's full, you know, DVD quality and I have to say it's 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 a decent movie but that kind of makes me hate it even more yeah exactly that's the way I feel because uh, what you were saying you know it it is a quantum leap from Cloverfield to this movie Matt Reeves seems like a, a better director but the thing is he's got such a wonderful template mm-hmm. in let the right one in to work on mm-hmm. that all he really needs to do is cut and paste scenes from that movie and film it with the new actors and get them to sort of, you know, do the same things that the original characters do. And it works. Uh, you know, he didn't really, aside from like, uh, and we'll, we'll probably get to this in our conversation, aside from the uh, the addition uh, of Elias Kateas as the police officer, yes, he really didn't add anything to the movie. In fact... He subtracted a lot of things, mm-hmm. and the things that he did Some add, you know, actually, things. I think, make the movie worse. I yeah, oh, I agree. Um, I mean, actually, the character of the cop was an improvement over the you know the 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 character. You know, he was sort of became the character of the drunken villager, you know, sort of barfly yeah, guy. And I liked. Yeah. I mean, they they cast this movie fantastically. The uh, they capture the 1983 mm-hmm. perfectly. The, the 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 jackets, the 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 way the film looks. Um, a oh, beautiful yeah. use of Blue Oyster Cult in, mm-hmm. in that one scene, and I thought that scene was an improvement over his undoing scene in the original movie, which was in the basement of the gym sort of oh, yeah. scene. I, I the the scene with the car was very what was a very nicely filmed the when the car crashes and this yeah. is in let me or let, let me in when the car does the roll down the hill that's a great car crash that had me thinking is this computer generated if not this is really well really well done but well, uh, to, to to talk about that real quick uh, they they've got like an additional you know scene thing on the on the dvd where they show how they did that and they basically had the car on sort of a rotisserie and they filmed it against a green screen and they had the actors in there in the car you know spinning the car around on sort of a rotisserie so you get that you know look in the car of these people flailing around and everything so it's it's a neat scene but you know uh, uh, does it really add that much to the movie at least in my opinion i have a theory that that matt reeves built this movie around that scene i think he saw let the right one in had a couple inspired ideas on how to like shift the story around a little bit um and uh you know and i thought that was narratively it worked and i and you know the the introduce you know the changes he made were kind of smart changes uh, a lot of them those the especially that that character and that scene but then there were a lot of other things that you know for for some reason i don't know why he felt it necessary to turn t- 
turn her into a sped up, you know, sort of Japanese horror ghost character yeah. when she attacks. That took me right out of the mood of it. Yeah, it screamed, you yeah. know, this year instead of 1983. Yeah, when he when he turned her, you know, when he turned her into a sort of digitized, you know, mm. crazy just wild animal it it took away from something i mean in the uh, going back to the original she was there were some scenes in there where she was violent and she was attacking people but it was always practical effects it was always either the girl or i guess maybe a stunt stunt person for her but in this one i think they rely heavily on you know a digital character effects and some of them are just really they just really don't work yeah, and that I mean, I mean, I'll I'll give the let, let the right one in had the scene that didn't work. I think with the cats attack, the cat attack didn't yeah. really work. Didn't really with work the, in with the, the same way. Cats. But that was just sort of that was just sort of a side, a, a side little thing, and um, I I sort of liked the whole idea of the 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 cats. You know, they, they cut cats right out of uh, of uh, let me in, but they they were an important element of let the right one in, but. Yeah. You know, I mean, her her attacks as just like a primal, feral little vampire kid in the original movie made them all the more brutal for that. Whereas in this exactly. one, it's like, oh, here comes CGI. You know, there hasn't been anything look, that looked like CGI up until now, but here it is. And then all of a sudden you're thinking about that in the middle of this movie when you're supposed to be absorbed in it. And, yeah, that's one of the big the big problems is some of the – and um, – one thing that I think another that really took me out and was a big pretentious addition was uh, how he dealt with the parents, you know, the the, the kids Owen's parents in this. Uh, oh yeah. By never showing the mother's face, it was just too obvious of a of of a cinematic trick. You know, he was too obviously like I'm, I'm never going to show her face for for some reason. You got you know, and and the father was just a voice on the phone and was a prick. You know. Whereas his yeah, his dad well, in the original movie, he really liked his dad, and you know, but um, yeah, he he had he had a relationship with mm-hmm. both of his parents. I mean, yes, in the in let the right one end, his parents were divorced, and there was obviously some tension between uh, the parents, and you know, uh, between uh, Oscar and his dad and his mom. Right, but they all seemed like you know both parents seemed like they actually cared about him and really loved him i mean there's the scene in the original where you know they're both brushing their teeth and mom's brushing her teeth and they're just they're just looking at each other and start you know being kind of goofy and it's it's a nice scene it's something that you know families do together right. you know to, to sort of bond and this movie you know took it to the opposite and said you know the dad's a prick who you only hear on the phone and the mom's a you know, religious nut job. They, they, yeah, they made it. They made it. You know, too, too. You know, too obvious um, that this kid really had not not really no way out. But you know, he had a situation that he would get you know get out of easier. Whereas in 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 the original movie, he he genuinely loved both his parents, but he still. You know, he still it was it was more complicated. And as a child of divorce around that same time period. Um, I can say let let the right one in. It's a lot more realistic as to what mm-hmm. a real divorce. You know, this one's just a very uh, stereotypical. You know, you know, at the lawyers and you know, mom and dad squabbling on the phone and and dad being kind of prickish. 
and yeah, yeah. It, it really it really um it's 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 part of the americanization of it everything like the bullies in the american one are a lot more um violent and a lot you know the the subtleties of where in the first movie where you find out the bully's being bullied by his older brother you know in in this movie it's just in the american version it's driven home you know everything is mm-hmm. is just well, and that's home. that's the thing that a, a lot of times about you know remakes, American remakes of foreign films, they often tend to, I hate to say it, to dumb down the message of the film. Mm-hmm. They they kind of feel that the American audience won't get the subtext, so they have to sort of punch you in the face with it and say, "Hey, look, you know this this is a this is a." representation of bullying and it's got to be you know this guy is bullying because his big brother's bullying or right. you know all this so it's 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 one of the sad you know things that happen when you know a good foreign film is is remade into a mediocre or bad american film well here's the sad thing is is as well it's not sad because i'm kind of glad this movie tanked at the box office but at the same time i don't think it tanked because people were like me and like I want to see the original with the subtitles. I think they I think it was like I don't want to see an intelligent vampire movie. I want more Twilight. So the sad mm-hmm. thing is is you, you probably do have to dumb it down for, you know, if you're concerned with it making my, I think this like brought in like 24 million in America. So it probably yeah. made its money back, you know, uh, you know, in the long and short of things and internationally and and all that but it wasn't a huge sensation and i think you see i if if matt reeves wanted to be cool by me because as as an artist this move the existence of this movie here's i'm sorry here's where i go on my artistic that's i hate this movie on artistic grounds on sheer principles because matt reeves is basically he's a tracer in, in this he's 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 got this wonderful template and he he literally takes the the stuff that that you know he that that's already there and working and and the stuff that really works in this a lot of times is all is copied note for note the soundtrack's very similar the feel of it's very similar he understood what made this a great movie and he you could tell he loves the original movie because he carefully recreated it but god damn it what's the point you know what is exactly what is the point to it you know i saw it and i said i can appreciate this is a decent movie but oh my god i'm in love with the original you know the original movie is you know who, oh yeah who would remake to you know 2001 and space odyssey exactly. i say this but god damn it could happen yeah and uh, i feel the same way i mean who would who would go and say do a remake of jaws which is like one of my favorite movies and it's it's ludicrous you don't mess with things that that work and they already exist (laughs) yes let let the right one in already exists it's it's i i remember just uh, you know watching it and it was one of those movies where you know by the end of the movie i have my hands gripped to the sides of my computer screen you know in a death grip just watching it going oh my god and then i saw it in the theater with all these all these like goth kids and stuff came to the art theater because they'd heard about this movie and and blah 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 they're talking about 10 minutes into the movie you could hear people just like 
you know, absorbing into it and going, oh my God, I'm seeing something really special here, you know? And well, and and honestly, the original has perhaps the best, you know, most uh, most rewarding set piece at the end yes. that I have ever seen in a movie. I mean, yes, that ending is just phenomenal. It's and if you want to, you perfection. Know, talk about it. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, that's definitely that's definitely one of my notes because. It, yeah, that scene is the punch in the gut of that movie in the in, in Let the Right One In. It's so amazingly shot and the way yes. it unfolds, the way it's shot and the way it's it's directed and the way you, you your mind figures out what is happening in this scene is so awesome and so well thought out that yeah it it it, it literally you know the, it's cinematic orgasm for me stuff like that it, you know uh, Stanley I Kubrick's totally dead and when I see stuff like that it gives me faith again that there's somebody who's putting the time say what you will about I love Stanley Kubrick but you can pick other director you know great directors he's my you know he's my director that I hold as a as a a, a great director of especially set pieces that are not just beautiful to look at but have something layers going on and and that sort of austere um omniscient point of view you know it takes this you know that scene takes a very detached um objective look at what's a very horrifying thing that's going on and it's done in a very brightly lit um you know uh swimming pool now exactly. now we get to let now we get to let me in where he tries to do a similar thing and I and I thought to myself why not it, it, you've done you've copied so much this much just at least copy that scene because it's yeah. so you know at least give the american viewer who's not going to watch let the right one in that you know let, let yes. give them that to chew on and the way he does it is is subtle for maybe how an American movie would have done it, but it's a ball peen hammer compared to the original. It's just no, it's, it's, exactly. It's a it's a it's it's more slasher than it is yes. uh, subtle, and uh, it it gets the same point across. It gets the point that you know in in the let then let me in. It gets that Abby is saving Owen, and you know she's come back to save him, but. It's it's all over the place. Well, and it just it didn't work. It's far bloodier. It's far bloodier, but like less violent than the the original ones. Yes. You're watching it and you're like, "What's going on?" And then you have this one moment where you go, "Oh shit! I think yes. I know what's going on." And this one, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's it's you, it's not like that. It's it's um. What what lets you know that something's going on is basically a head, a severed head floating <laughs> down. So, well, and, but in the original they had the same thing, but it's all done from the point of view of of uh, Oscar in the pool. Yeah, and you don't hear anything. All you hear is the waves, and you hear some ambient noise, and you hear you know sort of muffled screams. And the next thing you see is this kid's feet being drug across the water. You see a head drop in the water, and then you see the hand detach from Oscar, yeah, you know, and fall in the water. And Oscar come up, 
and it's just it's quiet and subtle and just amazing and let me in is loud and boisterous and just oh yeah you know, i hate to say it american someone just, yells help you know, me in kind that. Of, help me help me yeah. <laughs> at one yeah. point you know you could clearly hear them yelling each other's names and help me help me and yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just it's um it's it's a crime well you know i i'm going to compare this do you remember i think it was in the 80s or the early 90s the movie single white female yeah, this movie is this is like if you had a girlfriend and she was your favorite girlfriend and she moved away, but like you end up dating her her roommate who's crazy and decided that you know she wanted to become your girlfriend, so you're dating this sort of carbon copy at, but you know something's not right <laughs> it's not the yeah, same I can, I you know and this is yeah, a single you, white you, you female of of movies this is this is you know i don't know if matt reeves cha- was like hey i want to get a crack at this or if they said hey matt reeves do you want a chance at this i don't know if he's so much to blame for this but right now he is he's this the single white this movie is a single white female matt reeves is the single white female of thomas alfredson you know, I, I will, I will, I will give you that. You know, he, he, he seems to be a guy who think. You know, from some of the commentary and stuff I've seen about, he, he acts like he really wants to, you know, bring the book or bring the original movie to an American version, but he does still have that sort of, you know, pretentious, you know, kind of feeling like, well, I, you know, I'm going to be able to do it better, and I'm going to make it look really cool, uh, make it, you know, really gory and really violent. People are going to really like it. Mm-hmm. So, and it, rather than you know, like I'd like to keep the the content and the subtext of the movie in. So. The, the I, I I what I'm afraid has happened with this movie is Matt Reeves is just actually he is. I, I believe in Hollywood that Matt Reeves has probably gained credibility, and from this movie, I'm betting that he will be handed handed some nicer projects because of the, even though it even though it wasn't a money maker it was a critical success and it probably didn't mm-hmm. lose money i'm betting now he's like critically going to be taken more seriously as a horror filmmaker which is too bad but it, it just means you know i mean he's either gonna have to find it's it's just such an off uh, i when i was in film school I was starting to notice this amongst my fellow students not to slam any of them but I'm going to uh, oh, although slam there were a lot of there were a lot of very talented people I went to school with but there was this whole sort of group and they were all they were all within my my age within a couple years and and they're they're now they're now the filmmakers in in um you know, they're, they're, they're now the people who are out there, the younger filmmakers out there. And they were, they were obsessed. They had this almost obsession with, you know, the films that they grew up with and replicating them. You know, replicating the aspects of, you know, they, you would, um, there was one kid who wrote 80s style comedies. And you could tell he understood all the tropes of it and, you know, he he saw, he understood what made it funny for him and stuff and they would write these scripts that would just you know you you it, it, they they were they were almost like fetish uh, 
fetishistic. You know, they're hitting all the. Okay, at this point, you know, the bully will come in and 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 bug our hero. And this, you know, so it's it's sort of following a formula, but there they weren't adding anything to it. You know, and there was a short period of time where there were people sort of messing with formulas stuff, but nowadays it seems like it just relies the 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 people who get the formula but they don't understand the meat that you yeah. know that that cover the bones of what they're doing you know uh, and you got your sucker punches i mean zach uh, uh zach snyder's like one of my you know perfect examples of that i don't think zach snyder can make a good movie unless somebody hands him a wonderful script and yes. probably draws out pictures of how it should be shot or <laughs> or has a comic book that he can just, you know, go frame by frame and copy. Yeah, that's, and Sucker that's what Punch worries is me my about. master's thesis proof of that, you know. He he wrote this one. <laughs> this is him. Yeah, that, that's, there's that's what's going to worry me about the, the next Superman movie is that, oh. you know, Zack Snyder's, you know, set to direct that. And, you know, Two True Freaks favorite Chris Nolan is like executive producer now so now, now chris nolan i mean scott hates chris nolan yes i uh, i got that i don't like the dark knight at all and i and i said and and scott hates me for it but i had kind things to be said for for batman what was it batman begins batman begins yeah. um and i don't think he's a bad director per se he's almost like an autistic director though where he doesn't really understand true human emotions, but he does manage to put subtext and and a bit of fil- filmmaking skill in a lot of his other. You know, I I saw Inception yeah. and I, I was prepared to hate it and was like, well, that was an entertaining movie. It wasn't you know the the end all be all that it's being portrayed as, but you know whatever. Yeah. You know, I I I didn't feel cheated out of my my money with it, but. Yeah, but it, it, it still he's like at the cream of the crop, and man, there should be people who are better than that <laughs> at the at the you know. I mean, um, uh, look at look at Iron Man. That's that's uh, got yeah. some got some smarts to it, and you know somebody's thinking somebody's thinking with it, and it was rewarded by with fantastic success and. Exactly, and I'm, and you know, that I attribute that to to John Favreau, uh, you know, being a fan of at least, uh, if not a fan, at least a marginal fan of the character, and you can kind of go back, you know, say what you will to to Sam Raimi and the Spider-Man movies, and you know, him being a, a fan of that, you know, you could see that they brought something. They they brought their love of the character to the yeah. film that that helped advance the film over just a simple, you know, uh, workman like uh, comic book movie like say the Fantastic Four movies. So I'm or you know Daredevil or Electra or you take your pick. I'm just very concerned that there's it seems to be a lot of filmmakers and especially genre filmmakers and I blame the fans a lot for this too I I blame the fans I'm going to get into it in the forums Uh, I've already started a bit on Sucker Punch because a lot of people are like hey you know girls in I I should get going on Sucker Punch because I'm going to (laughs) just savage it oh I'm going to savage it (laughs) later later on this weekend I hate that movie but uh (laughs) 
it, the, 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 the stuff all falls into the same, same, uh, you know, bucket of slop to me where it's just like, you know, it, it, you, you'll see these movies and you'll see the ads for them and it just fills me with dread because I'm like, people are going to eat this up. And that's why I don't think they ate up if, 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 if he had remade Let the Right One In more like Twilight, people might have eaten it up and had a lot more CG ba- good CG battles in it and stuff. Uh, yeah. and it, makes, it makes me sad that people will, uh, will settle for so little, especially when they have access now with what with Netflix and everything to the, all the finest art in cinema, all the oh, all yeah. the finest trash in cinema. I mean, I I love the most pretentious movies and I love the most trashy movies. I love a trashy movie. I love a movie with no, you know, redeeming social value that ju- is just a big explosion of stuff. But you know, I still demand at least something you know something to make it make it worth you know getting into rather than yeah. just a, a sheer visual treat it's 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 straight well it, it's it's the visual treat always rings hollow to me unless there's a character that i can care for and stuff like this and i think what what with with let me in what held me back from caring about the characters as much as I was you know fuming about how this movie was made I mean all the I mean they picked the perfect kid for the the kids are perfect for the role they're the finest young actors out there although what's really disturbing to me is uh, the 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 kid who plays Owen um, yeah he does if you just see a picture of him he doesn't look like him but when he'll he'll make some facial expressions that look exactly like Scott's youngest son so all through oh, that movie, God. I was so, he was reminding me of of you know he would he would just sort of make make a face that would remind me of Scott's kid, and I'm just like, wow, that's kind of creepy. But um, yeah, that's got I've got to assume that's got to be kind of creepy for Scott because the difference uh, between Owen and Oscar, uh, you know, Owen from Let Me In and Oscar from Let the Right One In is Owen seems a lot creepier. I mean, he's got the whole rear window thing going on mm-hmm. and. You know, he he looks like, you know, he's going to, you know, he looks like a serial killer in training. Yes. He looks like, you know, when he grows up, you know, it's not when he grows up, I want to be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. No, I want to, I want to torture cats. He's thinking, yeah, he's thinking about a lot darker stuff. And, and, um, Oscar in the original movie was, you know, you got, you had a couple scenes like that where he's stabbing the tree and stuff that, uh, that you saw a little bit of maybe a, a bit of psychopath in there somewhere, but it was just an inkling, and it was not actually very far away from normal, you know, little kid in a divorce angst. You know, I mean, yeah, it it seemed it seemed more that you know he was just you know he was going his parents were going through a divorce, he was troubled, so he was trying to find you know things that interested him, and one of the things that interested him was you know. You know, crime dramas. You know, uh, or mm-hmm. reading about you know crime scene stuff. When the police officer comes to the school, and you know, uh, tells him about this uh, fire that happened, and how they found out uh, if the person you know there had died or not. And Oscar pipes up and said they didn't find any uh, smoke in the lungs. And he was like, "Well, how would you know about that? And, you know, what are you reading?" Like books and there's like what kind of books <laughs> <laughs> you know but you know it's it the 
the Owen character comes off a bit more stalkerish and creepy, while the Oscar character just comes off as a little troubled and yeah. having having to deal with you know the problems of a divorce. It's it's just it, it, there. It, it's American audiences or American directors are afraid of subtlety. <laughs> You know, yes. I mean, oh, uh, I mean, it was 100%. it was disturbing. You know, the interest in crime novels and crime stories and newspaper articles—that's you could chop that up to a normal little gruesome kid. I was a gruesome little kid. I liked monster movies and stuff. But the oh, yeah. fact that he was clipping them and keeping them in, in a notebook is is definitely it was like something that would probably ring a bell with a psychi- psychologist, school psychologist or something like that. But, you know, it's just sort of it's just sort of presented in there in the original movie. This one they have to make sure that you see him looking in all the neighbors' windows and at the same time he's wearing, you know, a a really creepy, you know, monster mask on top of it. So that that pretty yeah. much says it all, you know. Uh, yeah, that- and uh there's a there's a obviously a new halloween you know the not the original john carpenter's but the rob zombie halloween thing mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure and um well i'll i'll bring up the part that uh we haven't got to yet that i think is one of the big important part is uh mm-hmm. the mangled genital scene yes uh this scene this scene is the thing that just I almost wanted to get up and fucking scream when I saw this uh, the, the the important thing is uh, the, the scenes are pretty much and the, the sad thing is the scenes are pretty much played out in both movies exactly the same uh, you know and, and let let me in uh, Abby comes to the door and uh, Owen says well if I don't say let you in, I don't say you can come in, what's going to happen? Well, she walks in, and then suddenly she just starts to spasm and convulse and starts to bleed out. And he's just, he freaks out, and he's like, no, no, you can come in. Well, after that, they had this, you know, what would have happened? Would you have died? And, you know, and she said, I know I wouldn't have died because you wouldn't let me. She goes and takes a shower and cleans up. And the next scene is her walking out of there, and they're playing... They're playing what the breakup song by Greg Kinman. Yep, yep. And uh, you know they're kind of bopping around, and Owen says, "Oh, you can go change in my mother's room. Uh, you can go put on one of her dresses." So she's got her towel on. She walks in there, and Owen's kind of bopping around. And of course, like any twelve-year-old kid, you're home alone. You've got a girl who just came out of the shower. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with a towel on, going to your mom's room to change. You're gonna go sneak a peek. In the original movie, he goes, sneaks a peeks, and he sees that Ely isn't a girl. She is a guy, and she has been castrated. And there's just like a little two-second scene where you focus on you know her groin, and you see a, a suture mark. And you know, uh, you know, some people could probably you know mistake it, you know, it being so quick for, you know, oh, they're showing, you know, uh, kid body parts just to be controversial. But no, it's an important part of the Mm -hmm. movie, and it's something that they left out, and I think completely left out of Let Me In, and it it diminishes the movie just so much. Well, there's there's A, 
That scene in an American movie probably would have earned it an NC-17 and people <laughs> blockading the entrance to it, which would have yeah. gotten it more money. Well, not the NC-17 part, but the people protesting it would have gotten it more money. Because yeah. yeah, it would have tweaked a lot of pure people would have been yelling kitty porn, even though it's probably the farthest thing from kitty porn it is. in the world. Yes. You know, but it's but there's a whole there's a whole scene where you know where you know he's he's he basically just you know very awkwardly asks her to be in both movies he asks her to be his girlfriend, and you know she she very awkwardly says you know what if I told you I'm not a girl and he says I don't care you know he does he doesn't yeah. care and well and, and yeah and, he, and um let me in in the American version. That you know that scene. If you don't know, if you hadn't seen the original, she's sort of admitting that she's maybe a vampire or not human. Maybe it's yeah. hard to say, but it, you know, it, it in in the movie you at least see that okay, maybe she was a boy at one time, then maybe she was made into a girl. At, at this point, you know, she's so old and she's a vampire. She's sexless. You know, she's not a yes. cre- you know. There's no sexual aspect you know to her at that at that at that point and and she's looking well they kind of they kind of build that up they kind of initially start i'm sorry they they kind of initially start with you know uh the scene after you know they come out of the 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 pharmacy where she you know he she tried some of the candy and she couldn't eat it because Mm -hmm. you know vampires don't eat food they can only drink blood and you know he hugs her and she goes would you like me if I wasn't a girl? And you just get the kind of idea, oh, well, you know, the only reason he likes her is because she's a girl. And then later in the film, they go, you know, when she comes in from after killing, you know, her, her quote unquote father, uh, you know, she's flat out tells him, you know, I'm not a girl. And at that time you get kind of the idea, well, I'm not a girl. I'm a vampire. Right. Not, I'm not a girl. I'm a boy that had my genitals mutilated. And that aspect, from what I was re- reading about the original movie, was f- more fully explored in the book. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people who read the book seemed to think that the way the movie handled it was was really good. It didn't go; it would have distracted from the movie if he went more. And the character of her, you know, quote unquote father in the book yeah. is his history is given more. And I guess he's he was some you know form of pedophile or, or you know yeah. Or, or, well, and I, I think the the in the in the book also the the final time that he goes out to uh, to murder for for Ely, um, he goes out with only the promise that he will be allowed to not sleep with her or technically him, but he'll be able to touch her. And I'm glad that they, you know, I don't mind that they shied away from that, yeah. the the whole pedophile aspect, but the aspect of you know the fact that you know uh abby should have been a, a castrated boy you know is and this sounds weird but it's kind of important to me yeah it it, 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 it for me it kind of works because it shows that owen and abby in the in, in the new film should love each other regardless of who they are they've just found love and they've found uh, you know this this kinship uh that they're going to spend essentially the rest of their lives together right and it 
rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, the rest of his life. She's gonna she's gonna go on and he's, he's gonna but, end up like the last guy probably. That was you know that's that's that's. That that was retained in both movies. That you know, the, yeah. there was out out with the old and, and in with the new. And, and but I think in the original movie, the fact that that he stayed with her despite that showed that you know that he that was part of what she was looking for. She was looking for somebody who was going to sort of not. And I mean, he's a twelve-year-old kid, so it might be easier for a twelve-year-old kid to overlook the to. You know, basically, she was sort of saying, in a way, you know, also, this is not going to be a sexual relationship. This is going to yeah. be a com- completely different relationship than you know having a girlfriend. It's going to be something, in in fact, just as intimate, but in you know, incredibly different. And you know, he was he had just the right makeup, you know, f- for it. Yeah. You know, well, I think I think. You know, again, you know, harking back differences between the original and the new one. In the original, it didn't seem that uh, that uh, Owen, the Owen character, was to be a replacement for the father character. In the original, it seemed more of, you know, my father's gone away. I need someone that I care about, that I'd like to spend time with. And it just so happens that he may... uh, you have to go out and kill people for me. In the new one, it seems like Abby is looking for a replacement. Mm-hmm. Abby is looking for a new person to be her, essentially her Renfield. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that was another aspect that I really didn't care for in the new movie. Yeah, there was they uh, there was a sweetness to the first one that was missing in in this one, and they tried to capture it. You know, I mean, there's genuinely touching scenes in the new one with. You know, when he's trying to get, you know, you know, try this candy, it's my favorite. And she says, no, yeah. thanks. And he's heartbroken, you know, that she doesn't want to try the candy. And she's actually says, okay, I'll try it, even though she knows it's, you know, like putting poison into her. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, but it, it doesn't have the same. Yeah, it just doesn't have the same. I don't know. I, I you know, it's impossible to tell how I would feel if I'd seen this movie first. You know, uh, without seeing the the other movie, if if a lot yeah. of that would have maybe resonated more, just because I didn't know what I was missing, you know, what was missing from it. But you know, that's just that's just speculation. I I think they should have done a Tarantino, and you know, Tarantino pays tribute to all these movies that he loves. But if it's an but he takes the original ones that he loves. I don't know if he does it as much anymore. But there was a time period where he would go like take mighty peking man and he would put it on dvd you know and put it on video and and release it and publicize it and go out and go here's a great foreign film that everybody should see you know and i'm quentin tarantino you love my movies go see go see this and you know and would sort of bring a a second life to it if if matt reeves or hollywood had any class that's what they would do with this movie you know Exactly. I, I know for a fact. I've read interviews with the original director Thomas Alfredson, and he was not happy at all. Oh yeah, that they were that they were making this. He was just like, "What? What is? What is the point?" You know, to, I'm sure to him it was just basically like, "What people, you know, have to, you know, they have to have it in English." You know, Jesus Christ, yeah, dub I, it. You know, <laughs> it's a. I, I remember. Uh, I think a quote from him saying that you know. Remakes should only be used uh, for movies that didn't do well right. that you want to improve on. Right, and 
Let the Right One In was not a movie that that was poorly made yeah. or, or or poor in any way, and it really didn't necessitate a remake. No, just the opposite. <laughs> it was exactly. the opposite. It wasn't even a failed experiment or anything. It was yeah. It was one of those you know near near perfect near perfect movies. You know, I mean, I uh, basically when I first saw that movie, I wanted to you know just climb the highest hill and shout its name you know oh yeah so i i I keep trying to get you know as many people as i can to watch the original uh you know i had a friend up at work who watched the original and she she loved it and she saw she went and saw the uh the remake as well and she was like you know it's kind of like it but it's not good so yep i i i yeah well i you know i think what i i just don't understand you know personally i think a lot of times reading reading um subtitles sometimes engages me more <laughs> in the movie mm-hmm. because i can't you can't be distracted you can't go and check your cell phone you can't be doing something else you have to be yeah. watching and and i think also like foreign movies also have a reputation as being arty farty boring mm-hmm. They, and it's not like that anymore. There's, as a matter of fact, no. most of the finest genre movie movies being made these days are being made by people in other countries who, like our filmmakers, they understand the same things, but they also understand a lot of you know the the subtleties and the meat to them, and 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 they're doing those movies, and they're 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 not getting appreciated until they get remade here, you know, until. What record becomes yeah. um, quarantine, or you know, or yeah, uh, uh, that's a that's another great example of of a uh, of a really good, compelling, interesting foreign movie that got turned into a, a schlocky piece of you yeah, know, just and but they badness. almost they uh, it was almost a frame by frame remake, and they st- and it still had the the life drained out of it. And, uh, uh, don't don't get me started on frame by frame remakes, or I will, I will jump on the uh, Gus Van Zandt <laughs> psycho wagon, and I will just go batshit insane. I think that was Gus Van Zandt being a troll. I, <laughs> that's my only explanation for it. Is Gus Van Zandt was like Gus Van Zandt was like I remember what he he came out when when I was in college. And he came to our school, and I didn't go to see... He was one of the visiting filmmakers that I didn't go to see, but I did go to see Drugstore Cowboy and was like, wow, that was a really good movie. This guy's a good underground filmmaker, you know, and then he got Goodwill Hunting, and I think I think he, just as a joke, was like, I'm going to pitch a frame-by-frame remake of Psycho in color, and they said, okay, do it, and he was just like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, and and of course he picked you know perhaps the worst cast that he possibly could. Uh, you know, freaking uh, Vince Vaughn, the six foot four, you know, two hundred and twenty pound yeah. you know, linebacker looking guy, yeah. as as supposed to be wimpy, why, scrawny. Why would there Steve Perkins. Buscemi draw an air? You know, Steve Buscemi exactly. would have been a great Norman Bates. You know, come on, yes. at least make it interesting. And Anne Hayes. <laughs> Come on. The only character that worked in that whole movie, and it's because he works in pretty much any movie, is William H. Macy as Detective Arbogast. Well, yeah, that's because he, he's he was good, a but gifted actor. Everyone else in that movie was shit. Oh, you're remaking horrible. an Alfred Hitchcock movie. What are you thinking? I know, and, and uh, to me, uh, Tom Thomas Alfredson, who who did 
let the right one in. He has he has those elements. He has mm-hmm. he, ha- he 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 brought forth a, a movie that you know I think Hitchcock you know would have been Hitchcock would have loved it. Kubrick would have loved it. You know, Kubrick, I bet you yes. Scorsese loves it <laughs> if he's seen it. You uh, know, any anybody, it's 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 a treat. You know, it's it's if you like film, that movie is a big old box of candy of bloody candy. It it's is. just it, if you like genre movies, it's even, if you like genre movies and you know well thought out you know cinema experiences, you're in mm-hmm. just heaven. You know, it's exactly. It's and uh, unfortunately, you know. The American version does what it always does and takes that and just takes a giant steaming dump yeah. on it. Yeah. And we eat it up. God damn it. Badly. <laughs> Good. Uh, and, and, I need to get pissed yeah. for fucking sucker punch. <laughs> well, go ahead and go ahead and record the, the, the media masochist after this and you'll just fucking I, ream I, I, Zack Snyder. Yeah. Oh, my God. Good. I still, I, I, I still have forty-five minutes of notes to take from that. It was funny. I was flaming it on the, um, the um, film threat forum. Somebody came on. The it got a bad review on there, which thank God. But um, yeah, um, the so, some guy came on and goes, "Well, if I expected this to be a Tarkovsky movie, you know, that would be one thing. But it's a Zack Snyder movie, and I got what I wanted." and and he said, besides, if there's any inconsistencies in plot or character, I'm sure it'll get fixed in the director's cut. And I'm like, really? You're going to pay? Well, it, if you're going to fix it in the director's cut, why not fix it <laughs> in yeah, the first why, place? Why do we always expect, why do we always expect, you know, oh, well, when the director's cut of this movie comes out, everything will be, you know, perfect and work out. You know, we'll wait for the ultimate cut of Watchmen, which is like seven and a half hours long, and it'll perfectly explain everything in that movie. Well, so, yeah, it just. See, it's because uh, director's cut means a different thing now. Director's cut used to mean. The director made his movie, and the studio poked its nose in and said, you know, you got to change this, you got to change this. The movie got released, the director was pissed. Years down the line, when it gets put on DVD, he gets to dig up his old footage and cut it the way he wanted to. That's a director's cut. Not this goddamn thing of where you film all this extra shit so that you can sell it to somebody again by fixing it mm-hmm. when it comes on DVD when you, you know you plan on they plan on doing the director's cut when they're putting the movie out you know the studios encourage exactly. it you know it's just stupid and and, and yeah it, it's it's another way to sell DVDs and Blu-rays and whatever saying oh here's the original movie but here's the extended cut I, and here's with more violence and more sex and more whatever and it's all just I get that shit. you see though I understand that I understand that. I understand that Hollywood is a soulless, blood-sucking <laughs> industry and that they need to make money and they need to come up with that shit. What I don't understand is is how the moviegoers will do, I'll just yeah, yeah there were but I, you know there's going to be an extra 18 minutes of it when it comes out on Blu-ray and that'll explain all the stuff and it's like I, I literally timed that movie in it 13 minutes and 20 seconds into that movie is when I knew exactly how everything was going to play out and i knew what the ending was 13 yeah, minutes and 20 I, seconds into it I, I i i appreciate you spoiling the ending on the on the forum and giving you know 
you know, what the ending is kind of like, you know. They were asking I, I, for I got it. that reference. <laughs> they were asking for it. They, 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 I was, I wasn't going to say anything. They were like, what was it about the ending that, <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, yeah, the, the, the opening montage of that movie, I was watching it and I'm like, oh, okay, we're supposed to pay attention to the lighter with the dragon on it. Hmm, I wonder if we'll see a, a dragon and if a lighter will become, you know, it was, no. It, uh, uh, yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna fucking. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna just do horrible, horrible things. You know, I, I like this movie. I, it's, it's, not su- a, such a savaging that I can get a good scream fest on about. Yeah. But, but yeah, sucker punch. I'll be able to just totally not feel. You know, I I'll hold back on this movie just out of deference for the original source material because I wouldn't even. You know, I don't want I don't want to yell at this movie too much and scare somebody off the original. <laughs> just because no. I have a bad attitude. No, de- definitely. If anyone is listening to this, please, please do whatever you can. Go search it out. It's it, it's on it's on DVD. It's on Blu-ray. I know it's on Netflix Instant Watch. Uh, you know, go watch it with the subtitles. Go watch the original movie. It is it is perhaps one of the best movies of the past decade. Yeah, easily, easily, easily. Of so, it's it's just a, one of the greatest horror movies ever filmed, as far as I'm concerned. Do us a mm-hmm. favor and go see it, and then you'll realize that you're doing yourself a favor when you're about exactly. ten minutes into the movie. You can you can come onto the forum and. And thank us. Yeah, definitely. And when you do go see it, you know, come onto the forum and talk about this, and we'd love to come. We'd love to converse with you. Which that actually reminds me of a bit of homework that I've got to do, seeing as how we're talking about forums. And Scott and I are always, 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 always trying to get people to, you know, um, come to the forums to talk about the show because obviously, you know, many times more people listen to our show then talk about it and and <clears throat> half the reason we do it is so we can get people you know get that feedback so we're trying to get people to the forum well the forum i found out today has just made that a little bit easier to do because now they have a mobile app that you can I get for that. the for the forum for geeks and uh it's called uh tapa talk t a p a t a p a t a l k and yeah. uh, it's a forum app, and it says here you can get it for iPhone, Android, WebOS, Windows, Windows Phone, BlackBerry, and Nokia. So that's just about everything. Yeah, it covers everything. So you can just go to the iPhone store, get that, and then it just makes it that much easier for you to because uh, that's I, I I think that's where all the fun happens. You know, the the shows the shows are fun, but then it's the it's the reaction to them that uh that is uh. That's oh, the most. Oh, definitely. You know, hearing what everyone has to say about you know, and you know, I know Scott has commented a lot of times on the forums that you know, it's amazing what you'll pick up and talk on uh, in one of our episodes. You know, I think uh, in the uh, oh, what was it that we were talking about? Uh, we we're talking about the. I can't remember. If it, I think it was Logan's run, and it turned to Orca. Oh yes, <laughs> and uh, that, yeah, yeah. And, Luke brought up, you know, that the, the director of Logan's Run was the director of Orca, and Scott was like, "What the hell?" 
it's it's you know, because what, Scott's, where did this come from? What what weird you know? I know Scott's getting the, it's the ho- it's called I call it housewife syndrome. It's called the oh, it's called I slaved over a hot hot podcast. You know, because um, because Scott and I I do a lot of the editing, but now you know. Um, in the beginning, I used to do all the editing, but now Scott's, you know, get, gotten, you know, the software, and and he hasn't been doing as much lately because he's been, you know, busy with his job. But he does a lot of the editing, and and sometimes when he gets a hand, his hands on one of the shows that he's really into the subject matter, you know, he and that was one of them where he, you know, he said, "Can I uh, do the editing on this?" And I said, "Sure," you know, and uh, yeah, definitely <laughs> less work for me and. And you know he sat probably for hours and hours meticulously crafting, and it's it's the curse of the artist, you know. You you you, oh, you yeah. make your art and you work on it and you work on it and you put things in it that you go, oh, people are gonna love this. I don't know if they're gonna like this, and then you put it out there, and then you're like, are they watching the same thing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is are they paying attention to what? Because you know the, so, the some things that you were just waiting for people to praise you on. It, it, it just, you know, they don't even notice it, but something that you just didn't put that much thought into, it strikes a chord with them, and and it's always a mystery. Yeah, what what direction? <laughs> so, oh yeah, something's no. gonna but, lead and, in. It, you know, t- you know, I'm I, I've got to say the the Two True Freaks podcast are perhaps some of the uh, the best produced, uh, the best edited podcast out there i mean the subtleties you put in uh the the underlying score that you do the little uh stinger things that you do especially when you know you're doing star trek monthly monday and you do the con thing or uh i was listening to what was i listening to the one of the star trek monthly mondays where you're doing the one with van gelder not wolf on the fold oh um, is it wolf the fold? it's uh <laughs> shit i just oh, watched crap. the south park that parodied that too uh Maybe it is Wolf in the it's Fold. It's not Wolf in the Fold. That's with Red Jack. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's with Red Jack. Yeah. That's with Scotty. Scotty is the killer in the... Oh, yeah. Um, oh, uh, it's, uh, uh, it, it'll, 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 it'll come out in a yeah, second. But, but, yeah, but, you know, it, whenever you did the whole neural neutralizer thing, you subtly put that in underneath every time you said that, and that was just brilliant. You see... It's just... It, it's fun, and it adds a, a really fun layer to the... That, that a lot of podcasts are just guys talking but you uh, you guys add so much more you don't have to put this in the well unless you want to oh know, no i'm putting this in the podcast out. for sure i may like put it in twice or three times uh, now that you <laughs> mentioned it. i love hearing that shit what are you talking about oh there you <laughs> go no no i don't know i any yeah if there's anything more important than my ego around here it needs to be found and shot immediately yeah <laughs> Um, but I will I uh, not 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 to denigrate what we do, but I'll I'll say this: this is what gives us I think. Well, when we when we first got together, our our goal was to fi- make it physically you know sound better than you know to to try to take more care in making it sound more clear than because yeah, yeah, there were a lot of podcasts that just sound you know. I mean, it's getting better and better as microphone technology improves and gets cheaper and editing quality. But we definitely, that was one of our goals in the beginning was to put a lot of time into production. And, um, uh, you know, not to give away any secrets, but I'll just say this. I haven't had a real job in a year. (laughs) I, I work out of my house. I have a lot of time in front of the computer, so I got some time on my hands to 
to do some of that stuff. And, and Scott does less podcasts than me, but that gives him more time to spend on each podcast he does. So, you know, a lot of these people have, you know, well, Scott has a family. I don't have a family or anything. You know, I've got a cat. <laughs> i got a cat. Oh, that's, that's a family. I love my life. You know, it allows me to, to, to put a lot of time into, into podcasts. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think also a, a lot of people hold back from underscoring and using sound bites because they're afraid of copyright laws and, that may become yeah. a factor <laughs> someday with us, you know. We've often talked well, about you know, like it, <laughs> getting away with putting the like a lot of people, you know, really try to to um, follow copyright laws. And I think Scott, our, our first episode was about illegal downloading, and we pretty much said where we stood on on that. So yeah. I'm not much, uh, you know. At the same time, I'm also not really. I, I also don't consider myself stealing anything from anybody because I, I try to promote the stuff. I mean, maybe the maybe Christopher Nolan might disagree on <laughs> on that that matter. But then again, any publicity is good publicity. And and um, you know, I mean, if we were selling our podcast for ninety nine cents, I think we'd be getting in trouble by now. But since we're giving it away for free, I think we can get away sometimes with having some some music on it. But. Uh, yeah, hear that, listeners? I, I, That's why I, you need to get on the forum, to get on there and tell us how great we are. And if you want to tell exactly, us how well, crappy exactly. we are, please address it to me. <laughs> no, I will say I've listened to a lot of other free podcasts that, that actually have, you know, like, you know, big name, you know, celebrities on them. And they don't sound half as good or as half as polished as a lot of the stuff the True True Freaks put out. So, are you talking your, about Kevin Smith? Because man, I was almost tempted. Uh, sure. I was almost tempted to when we brought up Anne Hayes. Because I listened to the Kevin Smith's podcast. And, I stopped. And, you know, aside, I stopped listening to Kevin Smith's podcast about after Zach and Miri, because then it all. It, it, it you know the original Smodcast I listened to like regularly. I thought they were really funny. Kevin's a great storyteller. After Zach and Miri kind of tanked, and then Cop Out kind of tanked, he it became the let's get high cast and you know Whoa. not that i have anything about getting high it's uh it's just you know i i, I he'd be repeating it's, himself it's, it's funny be, that you mentioned that because i was i was listening to like smodcast and the the jay and silent bob Grold, and they all got real old for me real quick but i still listen to the one that he does with ralph garman the the hollywood babylon hollywood. one is really funny but you could definitely see a line of distinction from where kevin smith went from not getting stoned for a show to getting really stoned for his shows. Yes. And you could hear it. And I myself having much experience with that, I can hear it. I could tell just when no. and Kevin Smith's a newcomer to smoking pot. So he's, yeah, you know, well, he's it, on there doing stuff like, dude, if you look at your belly button and you see, you know, or, or you know, it's, and, and that can be amusing, but that guy, Ralph Garman is kind of why I'm listening to the show now. And the, and Kevin Smith's off hawking his latest movie and they had, John Lovitz on as his co-host, and it was the funniest show I've heard in a long time. I yeah, well, from, I haven't listened to Hollywood, you know, Babylon, but uh, I've heard I've heard tale that you know the the guy who co-hosted with Kevin 
is not afraid to bust his balls. No, 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 no. Which is always good. It's, it's a constant. Yeah. It's a constant thing. He busts him for being stoned a lot too, and will call. Really, that's but a that shocker. guy. But the guy, Ralph Garman, he used to be married to Ginger Lynn, and you know was doing lines of coke off oh. her ass and stuff. So he's a hardened. <laughs> you know, he's he's had his. He's had his, I think he's probably been through, uh, he's probably doesn't do any drugs now. He's probably been through rehab and stuff like that. But, you know, he, he, he's, 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 Kevin Smith has had a little more, I think, protected life than him. So he's, has no problem, you know, yeah, put, smacking yeah. him on the nose. But I, I only, I only brought up those because a lot of times when people are like, you know, you even, you sound better than a lot of podcasts, they almost invariably, mention the Kevin Smith ones and I don't know if that's just because they're extremely popular so a lot of people have heard them because yeah. I don't I, when I listen to them I don't think of that they don't seem to be doing like the same thing most podcasts aren't doing the same thing that we're do that 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 we're doing you know uh, mm-hmm. I, I I always look at the podcast as sort of being the split between sort of people who are trying to do a radio show and the people that that are more like the people on our forum that are just a bunch of people who are like, eh, we want to do a show on what we like, you know, and and the, the, exactly. they, they they do it up, you know, because you're doing a show, you might as well do it up and have your your jokes and stuff. But it's it's just a more it's a more grassrootsy sort of thing, and I like being in that aspect of it better than you know, and maybe that's why we sound different than anybody else because we produce ourselves more, but we try to keep it at just like two guys talking shit, you know, basically talking like and it, it totally works it, it it feels more organic no pun intended uh than than kevin smith and it it it, it sounds like you are two guys who've known each other for a hell of a long time just shooting the shit and that's that is that is more interesting to me than anything that you know kevin smith puts out there so Awesome. <laughs> you know I like you. <laughs> you I think you're welcome. Keep you, uh, you know I I have my I have my master's degree in ass kissery. So excellent, there you go. excellent. Oh my god, yeah, yep. All this and I got it all on tape. God damn it, I love it. <laughs> I, I, and I and I, I and I and I know a lot of people hate it, but I love it when these shows spin off into some totally unrelated topic because Kevin Smith has nothing to do with let me in, but. You know what? I don't care because it's that kind of podcast. And it's tangents. It, it wouldn't be. I don't think it would be a two true freaks topic. Uh, two true freaks podcast if there wasn't at least some ridiculous tangent going somewhere. Mm-hmm. There you are. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for joining me on the show. And I'm just going to tell the listeners: it's not. If I have my way, it's not going to be the last time they hear from Joe Anthrax on on two true freaks. So, hey, I think that's a good note to end this show on. Um, I'm going to thank you again for showing up, and I'm going to thank you even more for uh, telling everybody how wonderful the Two True Freaks podcast is. Oh, I, uh, you know, any chance, any chance that I can. And, you know, and I have I a new saying with Scott lately that uh, if we if we can get five times as many people listening to us, this podcast could actually pay for itself. So tell all your friends. Definitely, and then tell them to buy a Two True Freaks T-shirt. And actually, you are one of the you are one of the few owners of a Two True Freaks T-shirt. How does no, it fit? I, it's the a way? they're nice shirts. I like them, and I like the design. You know, and uh, unfortunately, I, I don't have a. I'm you're probably seeing nothing as my like screen image, but I'm seeing your Two True Freaks shirt right there, and it's it's a 
It's a damn fine shirt. Go out and buy them, people. They're on eBay. All you gotta do is go to our Libsyn site. It'll take you right to them, man. Quality t-shirts right here. Get them while they're hot. (laughs) Well, there you go. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.